Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you, and I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and our lives. I thank you for Radiant Church. God, we thank you for uh, the men and women that led us in worship this morning. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for just what you're doing here in our church and in this city. And Father, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to grow in love with you. We pray that the word of God would come alive in our hearts. We ask, Lord Jesus, even today, that you would open eyes to see, empower hearts, give us supernatural strength to accomplish what you have for each one of us. We love you. And everyone said amen. Amen. All right, I want you to imagine the ministry dream that God has placed in your heart. Like when you think about what God has called you to do, when you imagine the ministry that God has on your life, does it seem a little bit overwhelming? Does it seem almost a little bit impossible? Does it seem like on your own and with your own skills, talents, abilities, you'll never be able to do it? But with God, with God, with God at work, the creator, the God of the universe, Holy Spirit taking up residency inside of you, anything is possible. God can do anything through you. That's what I want us to get today. I imagine uh, Jesus engaging with the disciples and just the weightiness of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, we read about where Jesus, has, he's already died on the cross, he's already rose from the dead, he's about to ascend into heaven, and he looks at his disciples and he says, all right, he says, you go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine those guys who are these regular guys receiving this, this massive task. Where all of a sudden, I want you to go into every nation. I imagine they're like, did he say every? Every. Like the entire globe. Uh Uh-huh. Is there 11 of us? Yeah. Dear me. Uh, I want you to teach everything I've commanded. Everything. Jesus, you've talked a lot. Like, you want to, yeah, everything. All nations. And you can imagine in a moment like that where there is a massive call, charge, commission placed upon these disciples, to go start the church of Jesus Christ, that there is this, ha, oh, that's heavy. Ha, oh, that's a lot. And I think as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, as you wait on the Holy Spirit, as in moments in prayer meetings, or you alone with Jesus, or maybe this morning, when you first hear what Jesus has called you to do, it could feel a little overwhelming until... You get the last phrase where he says, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. My prayer for us today is that in that I am with you always, the Holy Spirit has taken up residency inside of you that you would possess this, wow, God's got this big task for me to do. God's got this great mission, this piece of the great commission that he has called me to do, the ministry calling on my life. And it is massive and it's huge. And on my own, I can't accomplish it. But boy, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do all things. And that's the dream that I hope the Lord starts to work in your heart today. And when I say big, I don't mean that it's now, I don't know, I'm not necessarily saying that it's, 
it's visible and it's in front of a lot of people and that, man, it's, it's, it's something that the, the world would applaud in terms of a ministry. Actually, when I read Jesus, Jesus in the parables, he seems to really, really love and embrace and applaud those that do monotonous, small tasks for the kingdom in secret, and yea, your reward is in heaven. And it could just be that the great commission call on your life, the ministry calling that the Holy Spirit is calling you to, it could not be visible to everybody. It might not be on stages. It might not be visible, but it could take supernatural power for you to stay faithful year after year and decade after decade. My prayer for us is that we would be a church where we have people that are able to articulate the ministry calling on their lives. The things that God has put inside of you, not merely just your imagination, not merely wishful thinking, but this idea that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and the Holy Spirit is going to help you live in such a way that you actually feel like you're being fulfilled and that this is living now. This is life that is abundant. This is a delight to live in, not merely just kind of surviving, just kind of making a living, just kind of doing the thing where you have the job and make sure that you survive. My prayer is that you're alive. My prayer is that there's something that's beating inside of your heart that's massive, that, that you sense, man, when I do this, this ministry calling that the Lord has put on me, I come alive. And so, man, he is a father and he, all through the scriptures, there's this call to, to take care of widows and orphans. And man, when I adopt, I feel his pleasure and you do that. Or maybe, man, we are called to make disciples. And when I make disciples of nine-year-olds, man, I come alive and those kids mean something to me. And so that's my calling and, and that's what causes me to come alive. Or, or maybe there's this burden for the poor in the city and there's this, this part of you that when you do that, when you stand in that soup line or when you, when you give those clothes away and you read about how much Jesus talks about that and he talks about sheep and goats, you've done to the least of me, you've, least of them, you've done it unto me and you come alive with that and others of you it's like man I I feel called to reach those that are at my business or or whatever it is but there that there is that thing that that compels you it's it's inside of you and man when you do that you come alive and my prayer is that we would be able to say it that that we would have a church filled with people that articulate it because our dream is that every member would be a minister every member a minister. And sometimes it's easy to have a kind of a cultural connect where sing some songs and hear a message on Sunday and that's it. And that's just not enough for me. Like that's a good place to start. But my prayer is that you would take steps that the Holy Spirit would open up your eyes and that she would go, man, I, 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 I see it. I, 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 I know what piece, what part of the great commission. I feel like God's called me to play in this season and that it would be alive inside of you. I told you that this week we were in at the, the pastor's conference and one of the fun things for me was um, I spent 16 years in Colorado as, uh, as a youth pastor and, and uh, while we were in uh, Birmingham, one of the guys who was an elder at the church, he's now in his 70s, uh, was there and he has moved uh, from Colorado to Alabama and he was serving 
and uh, at the pastor's conference, and I saw him. Now, you got to imagine this. This is a guy who was extremely successful in business, and, um, and he was walking around uh, with, with pleated khakis <laughs> and garbage bags coming out uh, of his pockets, and he was walking around picking up trash at the conference. And he looked at me, and of course, we had a moment because we know each other and love each other. And he remembers when I was 23 and, and came to the church and was all excited about revival. And, and you know, he, he loved me then, and he just looked at me, and he, we had a moment where he just said, I'm so proud of you, and I'm excited about the new church in Kansas City. And I looked at him, and, 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 he, and you got to imagine, here he is, he's picking up trash, and he looked at me, and, and he said, I love serving these pastors. This is one of my favorite things to do because these guys are changing the world. Now, let me, let me, let me freeze frame for a moment. Okay, here he is. All of, his, all of the secular world would say, you want to know what's going to cause you to come alive? Man, you, you need to be out on a boat somewhere. You need, to go, you need to go do something for yourself. But here's what he's verbalizing. You know what causes me to come alive? And something that's going to last for eternity. And he experiences more fulfillment serving and taking care and helping pastors than he does taking care of himself. Here's what I want you to get. That's a work of God. That's the Holy Spirit at work because in our own flesh, that's crazy. I mean, we live every day. Hey, it's all about you. Every commercial, every radio, every ad on Instagram or on the web. I mean, it's like, this is about me and I, I gotta make sure that I'm taken care of. And if, if I don't get my rest and if I don't get my food and if I don't get my stuff, I'm not gonna be okay and I gotta have the right car and I gotta have, have the, and, I, and, I, and at the end of my life, uh, I don't wanna spend the end of my life loving and serving and laying my life down for other people. I want to spend it serving me and making sure that I get what I want and what I... So I just want you to see the reversal. I want you to see that's, that's... It takes God to do that. It takes God to take a person, to have tears in their eyes and about, man, this is, this is something that causes me to come alive. And so here's what I want you to get. I want you to be able to articulate, man, God has a call on my life and whether you're 15 55 or 80, to be able to say, when I do this, when I serve the poor, when I disciple teenagers, you know, when I, as a 65-year-old man, help current fathers of teenagers, name it, and there's probably more than one, but you have a way where you come alive, not by serving you, but by serving others. That, my friends, is a moment where you'll go to bed at night and go, this is, this is what God has for me. This, is, this causes me to come alive. This, this is the heart fully alive. This is the abundant life. This is, this is actually laying my, down my life like Jesus did. And what the Holy Spirit does is he comes in and he not only is your friend, he not only transforms you to be holy, he not only gives you tools or gifts so that you can accomplish the call on your life, he not only stays with you, but he empowers you to serve other people like he did. And it's a work of God. And the world, when they see that, they go, that's crazy. That's nuts. You should be living for you. But when they see you with tears in your eyes, talk about Jesus, and it's not fake, it's just real. Laying your life down actually brings fulfillment. It's baffling. And it's one of the most beautiful ways that we will represent Jesus to our city. I was in Nepal about five years ago 
uh, and we were just taking the gospel house to house um, in the mountains. And, and I'll just never forget having a conversation with a businessman. Um, when you go house to house in Nepal, um, you get to know each other pretty well, um, get lots of time talking. And, and so he, he owned a bunch of horses, and he had been really, really successful. And, and I probably shouldn't have said it the way I said it, but I looked at him, and as we were walking, I just said, hey, man, thanks for doing this. I mean, you could be doing anything, but thanks for doing this. And he corrected me sternly, like a big brother, where he looked at me and he said, are you kidding me? And this is the phrase, I live for this. Now, here's what he was saying. He was saying, okay, man, I've already, I've hit the pinnacle. I, I, I've got, he's got hundreds of people that work for him, but he's using the dollars that he's got and to go time and time again to go Take the gospel to unreached people, to people that have never heard the gospel. And not just funding it, but he enjoys it so much, he wants to go. Here's what I'm saying. That was a way where he experienced life. Holy Spirit, life. It's a work of God. Here's what I want to encourage you with. There, is, there are things inside of you that culturally are crazy, but spiritually will change the world. And I wanna invite you to go on the journey. Say, Holy Spirit, what have you called me to do? What does it look like? Now empower me. Acts 1.8, Jesus says to his disciples, right as they go, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be my witnesses. A witness is someone who talks about what they have seen and what they have heard. Someone who has fellowshiped with the Holy Spirit, been transformed by the Holy Spirit, has gifts of the Holy Spirit, is in the present tense walking with the Spirit, has something to say, and they can be a witness. Talk about something that God is doing in your life. And I want to encourage you, there is supernatural power available to accomplish the dream. I mean the dream. The dream that it is, there's a unique part that you play. And so... Man, if Radiant Church is, is all of us, you know, just scattering and then gathering on Sundays and worshiping and having a message and high-fiving, that's all right, but that's not, that's not the dream for me. The touchdown that I feel like God's called us to do is every member a minister. Like there's something beautiful. There's something that God's called you to do that when you do it, you love it and you experience life. And that's where I want us to go. I want, I'm asking God to open up your eyes so that you see it. And then to open up your heart and to empower you so that you have super, a supernatural grace. Because other people look at you and go, that's nuts. Those friends of that guy, they would say, hey, why are you going? You're, you're going with that same ministry to Nepal? Didn't you go last year to wherever? Shouldn't you go on a Mediterranean cruise? Shouldn't you buy this? Shouldn't you do that? But he knows. Man, the thing that, those things are fine. And I, I'm not, please don't read into that. I'm not saying don't go on vacations and don't. Here's what I'm saying. I'm talking about a supernatural work where, yeah, that's, that's nice and I'll do what I need to do to take care of my family. And, but I've got a burden. I've got something that is a work of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And here's what I am saying. When the body of Jesus Christ is functioning at its highest, where all of us are participating in the ministry that he has called us to do, then we become pretty powerful because we become full. We become, we become 
powerful, strong, because you've got an eye that's working and a foot that's working and a toe that's working and the nose that's working and you doing your thing and this one's saying, I'm gonna adopt kids and this one's saying, I'm gonna feed the poor and this one's saying, I'm gonna study the scriptures and I'm gonna teach people the word of God and this one's saying, I'm gonna sing songs and this one's saying, I'm gonna disciple young people and this one's saying, just fill in the blank, I'm gonna reach my business and this one's saying, and everybody says, hey, man, I, yeah, I, I work my 45, 50, 55 hours a week and but, but in addition, there's this, this is the thing that supernaturally God has put inside of my heart. Whew, then all of a sudden you start to look like a powerful force. Maybe even what Jesus talks about in Matthew 16, where he says that the gates of hell won't be able to stop the church. And my prayer is not, my prayer is not, hey, let's just get as many people here as we can. No, my dream is this, let's be the body. And if we function, man, it will be commonplace for people to give their lives to Jesus out there. It'll be common for people to give their lives to Jesus here. It'll just start happening. Yesterday, I was studying at the coffee shop, and a, a 21-year-old guy and a 19-year-old guy were sitting next to me, and they're talking about Jesus. And so I did just the normal you know, extrovert thing. <laughs> it's like, what's up, baby? I know Jesus too. It was a little bit awkward for a moment. And uh, they were like, hey. And then I was like, I mean, I literally did fist bump. What's up? What's up? I mean, like that. And they were like, dear me, who is this guy? And uh, I didn't even tell them I was a pastor. I just said, man, I'm, I, I, man, Jesus. Isn't he and we just started talking. And they were like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So, so we had, I mean, I mean, insanely awkward conversation. And, uh, and then immediately following, uh, I went back to studying. And, and about... 30 minutes later, the 21-year-old comes back, and I've got my big Mickey Mouse headphones on, you know, and, and I take him off, and he's like, hey, man, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And he goes, uh, hey, I just wanted to tell you, I've been meeting with that guy for a while now, and he just gave his life to Jesus right here in the coffee shop. And I'm like, what's up, baby? You know, and he's like, hey, I, and, we, and, we, and we, just, he's, we just started talking about Jesus, and I just had this thought just for a moment, like, man, let's just, let's just see that be more and more normal. Like it's, it's, it's just, yeah, like, like we're brothers. Like let's step out and, and see God do it. And, and you've got a gift. There's things that are, I've got a gift. One of my gifts is just to be weird. It's just, what's up? I mean, I just, I don't, I don't find it in any of Paul's list, but I add it because I like it. It's one of those things he gave me. And, and so just but embrace it. I'll tell you this. One of the things that was powerful this week was uh, one of the speakers at the event just kind of shook me. It was John Maxwell and you know, when I grew up in the 80s, uh, he was a, a pastor, and uh, because my dad was a pastor, I knew about him, and um, I was a lot like Dawson. I kind of followed my dad around um, to pastor stuff, and I just, I just knew some of that stuff. And then in the 90s, uh, there was this, he, 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 he began doing more business stuff, and I remember as a teenager thinking, oh, man, you know, like, he's going to the business route. You know, we're losing him as one of the, you know, helping pastors, and I uh, kind of thought that was kind of lame, and here's the story he told, though. He said in the 90s, he said that the Holy Spirit put on his heart to go into the business world, and he said, I was comfortable in the church world, and I had a career in the church world, but God put on my heart to go and to get out there, and he said, over the last 15 years, he said, all I've tried to do from age 55 to 70 is try to just love, add value, and help people in the business world. And he said, and I can't stop people from asking me what makes me different. Pretty powerful. 
And then he said, he talked about, he talked about conversations that he had had where he would sit at a coffee shop in Manhattan with a, a business leader in New York and the business leader would be filled with anxiety and he would just look at him and just say, man, you'd be okay if you just had my peace. And the guy would be like, yeah, wait, yeah, why do you have peace? He'd be like, yeah, you know, you, you'd probably be all right. You, you, if you had joy like I have joy, you could probably make it through this trial, right? With his big old smile and perfect teeth. And the guy would say, yeah, why? I, I need your joy. I need you. And he'd start to ask him why. And then John said he would always say, I can't tell you. Can't go there yet. And he'd say, no, tell me. And he'd say, you're not ready. And he'd say, you're not going to tell me where you get your joy? He's like, not going to tell you. And then he just told the story how he waits, waits, waits until he says people are almost begging him to say, how do you have love? How, where do you get your joy? And he said this story, not in churches, but over coffee shop tables and in executive suites. He said he has led no shorter than 100, no less than 150 people to Jesus every year for 15 years. Now, here's the reality. Yeah, it's powerful. Here, here, here's, here's that. that it, that's, that's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's, okay, I'm going to give you this vision, and I'm going to empower you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you to be a witness. Every single one of us are called to be witnesses. Every single one of us are called to possess the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to imagine the power of the Holy Spirit as the fuel inside of you, helping you accomplish the ministry that God's called you to accomplish. Listen, Radiant Church, this isn't the ministry of what David and Dan and Nathan and the team can do. This is what God has called us to be. And all of us operating in a ministry that's on our heart. Man, imagine with me if we had small groups that are out serving the poor and we had small groups that were doing prayer meetings. I mean, I see, I see a prayer meeting that is walking around, a prayer walking prayer meeting where it's just every Saturday. It's just, let's just go to prayer walk the streets and you'll get skinny at the same time. And it's awesome. It's a win-win. I mean, like I'm enjoying that one. Like but it's the, it's the burden, it's the thing in your heart that you just go, that, man, I see it. I see this is what God's calling me to do. And, and if, you, if you'll get that, if you'll, if you'll lock in with what he's called you to do and kind of come before him and say, all right, God, fill me with your power, help me, he'll help you. In fact, in John 14, the way that Jesus said, he, when he described the Holy Spirit, he actually referred to him as a helper. Like that's, that's the Greek word, it's, it's helper. And so imagine for you, one of your best prayers in the midst of trying to accomplish the ministry that God's invited you and called you to do, to just simply say this prayer, God help, God help, or just help, just help. And it is the essence of who he is. It is supernatural help. And what you're doing is not only accomplishing the ministry of Jesus on the planet, you will find far greater, far greater fulfillment than anything that the culture, that America, or even that the globe has to offer. And so my prayer for us is that we would start to walk in that power of God. We can't do the work of God without the power of God. We can't do it on your own. Just the work of God, it's overwhelming. It's too much. But man, with the power of God, whew, unstoppable. With the power of God, 
Who knows all that God will do? And so I want to invite you to pray. Okay, God, open up my eyes. Help me to see it. Help me to get the vision that you've called me to. And there's going to be these moments where you know, if I don't have the power of God, surely I can't do it. I'll fail. But with the power, God, you can do amazing things. I remember this uh, past summer, one year ago, um, walking through Overland Trail Middle School with the representative from the school district. And we were talking about how we were going to have a launch day for Radiant Church on September 18th. And she turned to me, and I can't remember if it was, if it was July or August, but she turned to me and she said, uh, now how big is your church now? <laughs> and I said, oh, we don't have a church now. She was like, what? I was like, there's some people that are moving here, but it's current zero. <laughs> and she gave me this look. She goes, like... I am talking to a Looney Tune. And I remember like this, God help. <laughs> like, oh God, like I am a Looney Tune. Like, this is crazy. Like, what are we doing, right? And it was that moment where it's like, help, help, God help. And if for us to walk in what God's called each one of us to do, you're undoubtedly gonna look to the helper and say help. My prayer is that throughout the week, that you would put yourself in a position where you are constantly doing enough ministry where you're saying, help, help, help me disciple these kids. Help me, help me speak at this business where I work to this person who's, who's cold towards God. And God, help me, help me add value to their lives in such a way. Help me to love them in such a way. Help me to, to, to look like Jesus in such a way that they're hungry for what's, what's inside of me. And I want to encourage you with just that prayer. Just, just embrace it. Help. And we'll get that. And then the last one I just want to emphasize is, so we, he opens up our eyes and we see it. And he gives us a vision that seems impossible, but with him is possible. And then, and then we just kind of get to Acts 1-8, power of the Holy Spirit to help us accomplish the mission, to help us to be a witness. And then lastly, I'll close with this. There's, in Acts 4, there's this moment where the apostles have been rejected for preaching the gospel. And after being rejected, what I love, what blows my mind is they come back and instead of saying, hey, I, want a, I need a prayer that I'll be okay, or I, need, I, I want a prayer um, you know, for, uh, against someone or that, that I'll be healed from the emotional scars of the rejection, they pray for boldness. And, and I believe that for us to fulfill, even what I'm talking about, where you're stepping out and doing ministry and you're, you're, you're working hard to figure out what it is and for the power of God, you're gonna need to be in a culture where you have supernatural boldness to accomplish it. Let me just read it. Acts chapter four, verse 29. Now, and now look, and now Lord, look upon their threats. This is the apostles praying. And grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So rejected, you're gonna face rejection. And the response is not sideline, we're out. I tried that once. I tried to do my ministry calling once. 
And you know what? Here's how it spun out and it didn't work out for me. Instead, they come back and the first recorded prayer of the early church is a prayer for boldness from God. I believe the 21st century church needs to make that a central prayer. Make me bold. God, I need you. I'm tempted to recoil in sadness because my ministry didn't work out the first time or the second or the third. But instead, all right, God, I'm 21. And here's the ministry you've called me to do. I feel rejected. Give me boldness. Okay, God, I'm 41. Here's where I'm at. This didn't work out. This is, help, help, give me boldness. I'm 71, I'm 81, whatever it is, wherever journey you're at, but to where when you end up old and you've got this story to tell, it's a story of, this isn't about me. I allowed the Holy Spirit to do his work. And first I walked with him as a friend, it was close, Man, then he started to change me and call me to get rid of the stuff that didn't look like him. And whew, that was hard. Holiness was rough and still a process. It gave me some spiritual gifts to accomplish the ministry that he's called me to. And, and, I, and I took those gifts and then I, I even committed, I'm gonna walk with you I'm, no matter what, thick and thin, we're gonna stay close. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill my flesh over and over again. And I'm gonna conclude with, and I'm gonna fulfill what you've called me to. I, the, the ministry you've empowered me to do, I'm gonna fulfill it. I'm gonna end up doing what you've called me to do. And to do that is so countercultural. And my, my sadness, and I'll just say this, is that I think that sometimes when we first come to know Jesus, you know, right after salvation, that's when we're the most bold, right? Like, man, Jesus changed me and transformed me. And and then you've got whatever window of time where you're talking about your faith and, and, and it's kind of like it's fresh and people will call it youthful zeal sometimes. And, and then there's a reason why three decades later, why boldness is for somebody else. Why boldness, yeah, I gave it a shot. It's not my personality. It's not my ministry gift. It's, I got hosed in ministry. Someone hurt me. Um, some reason why we're a little sidelined and a little timid. But when I look at the apostles, I see it not getting weaker with time, but I see it getting stronger. When I read the book of Acts, it gets to the point where they're just looking straight in people's eyes and saying, mm, do what you want to me, but I can't stop talking about that which I've seen and I've heard. I am a witness. Take my life if you want to, but I will not stop. This is my ministry calling. This is who Jesus is. I can't stop. And so in music terms, it's kind of like we function oftentimes like a decrescendo. Start off loud, but we end up kind of quiet. But imagine with me if your life and mine looked more like a crescendo where it got louder with time, like the apostles and more bold and more bold. And I'm not just referring to external loudness. And I'm not just talking about some kind of confrontational evangelism. What I'm talking about is a ministry calling that you have resolved to accomplish. This is what God has called me to do. This is where I find life. This is, this is my peace. This is 
And when I do this, I'm alive. My prayer is that every single one of us would take steps. Every single one of us would say, you know what, as for me, I'm a minister. I've got a calling. I've got something that Jesus called me to do. The Holy Spirit has transformed me, changed me, gifted me, empowered me. And even when I feel rejected, I'm going to stand and I'm going to just say, God, give me supernatural boldness. I need you. God, help. God, help. God, help. And my prayer is that many of us would be like the elder that I talked to this week in his 70s. And what he's come to is this. Filling life is not when I live it for me. The process that the Holy Spirit takes me through is that I actually lose my care for all of my appetites being met and all of my needs being met. I lose me and I actually care for others. And I lay my life down for pastors, what he was doing. Or I lay my life down for kids. Or I lay my life down for the unreached. Or I lay my life down for a neighborhood or for a city or whatever. Because the prayer for boldness it's a prayer for others. It's a prayer. I care about them. So instead of my own insecurity being what dictates me, make me bold. And when I pray for boldness, I'm saying this is not about me. I care about them. And man, when we become a church, well, what we care about is them, I believe, will be a light to our city. Amen? A radiant church. Let's stand to our feet. ask in Jesus' name. God, we want to accomplish the fullness of what you've called us to. We just confess that our temptation is to give up. Temptation is to stop. But in Jesus' name, we pray, do a miracle in us, God. Let's lay down our lives in ministry, supernaturally empowered. On our own, we'll fall short. We need you. I ask for vision. I ask for power. I ask for boldness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.